Hey, this is Mike Goldberg, the voice of Bellator MMA. Join us right now for MMA FanCast. Welcome to the show. I'm Luke Payson, and today we are joined by Dylan Harness. Dylan, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. It's great to have you on. To give our listeners a little bit of heads up on you, you are an undefeated amateur MMA fighter at 145 pounds, and according to Tapology in Pennsylvania, you are currently the ninth-ranked featherweight in the amateur um, division, which is great. So you're top 10 in the state, so congrats on that. Thank you very much. Uh, that number nine doesn't uh, matter. I'm looking for number one. I'm looking to get the number one. There we go. Very well. Hey, we're excited. And, and one of the things that we're going to be talking about today is exactly what you just said. You're chasing the number one spot and you're doing that in a couple of months here, about a month and a half, uh, fighting another 2-0 amateur undefeated 145 pound fighter uh, by coming out to Pittsburgh uh, for your first time at 247 Fighting Championships, which will be March 14th at the Princecape Arena, a little bit south of Pittsburgh in Cannonsburg. And you will be fighting Cameron or Cam Algeyer, who's currently, according to Tapology, um, ranked 12th um, in the state. So um, let's start off with that. Why come, why come out to Pittsburgh to face an undefeated guy? Um, I looked into it. I saw his ranking, and uh, he's promoted pretty well by 24-7 fighting. I think both of his fights were there. I think that's close to his hometown. Uh, so I'm looking to make that far drive and uh, disappoint all his fans and put on a show and uh, just keep moving up the ranks. Absolutely. Well, yes, um, I, he has been. His two fights have been um, for 247, and obviously he's looking to impress his fans, and you're looking to take uh, some of his um, thunder and excitement away. How how far of a drive is it going to be for you and your team to come out here? I think it's about five hours. So yeah, so that is that is a that is a haul for sure. I'm looking forward to um, seeing you again to fill the readers in. A couple of years back, when you were making your kickboxing debut for USKA um, out in the Allentown. Philadelphia area, I interviewed you um, about your debut kickboxing. So let's back up because I know you're a 2-0 um, MMA fighter. Obviously, I met you a couple years ago um, when you were just kickboxing back then. You made your debut March of 2019. So take us back before kickboxing. Go back to your martial arts background. Tell us a little bit about your sports background, martial arts background, even prior to kickboxing. Um, as a kid in high school and elementary school, I was involved in every sport, um, baseball, basketball, and football. Uh, basketball is what I was most into, but I realized it's not, I'm not going to get anywhere playing basketball. And uh, from the age of 10 to like 13, I was on and off with jiu-jitsu at a local school. 
And uh, mm. when I turned 15, I found uh, Eric Strasser in Bloomsburg and had a couple grappling competitions, moved on to kickboxing and then eventually MMA. And now we opened up our own spot, uh, Midworld Martial Arts in Bloomsburg, Pennsylvania. Go, go ahead and give that name again. Midworld Martial Arts. Midworld. Okay, great. Yeah, great. And if anybody's listening to this, check them out. If you're from that area, um, obviously we always want to do a shout out. And so when you say we, what role do you have in, in that martial arts studio? Um, we left a previous martial arts studio and uh, we've had a lot of fighters come with us. We have another fighter on 24-7 making his uh, first fight for 24-7. Michael Gribos will be competing that night also taking a trip with us. Uh, there's about six or seven of us that left the previous school. Uh, felt like there was more, uh, better opportunities here, uh, doing our own thing. We're recently opening. Uh, we have a good, solid team, and uh, everyone's here to make us better. We're just all getting better and putting in work together. Absolutely. That's great. So uh, talk a little about what it's like to have a core, because at a lot of gyms or a lot of clubs or a lot of um, places, there's sort of, the people that come in and maybe maybe pay a, a little bit of a month here or a couple months there. But what's it like um, to have a core group of fighters you mentioned? And say his name again, who's also fighting on 247. Uh, Michael Gribos, he's fighting uh, okay. at heavyweight. Oh, great. Okay, yeah, that's going to be – that's exciting. That's going to be the first ever heavyweight fight put on by 247. Um, this is their fourth – it's 247's fourth um, – event and they haven't had any heavyweights either at amateur or pro. So he's, he's in a little bit of history. I don't know how much that means to him, but it'll be exciting uh, to see at the first ever heavyweight clash for two for seven. So that's great. So yeah, talk about that camp and, and the, and the core group of, of fighters. Um, there's uh, Lauren Strasser. She fought um, Josh Jones has two kickboxing fights and two MMA fights. Michael Garbos has one MMA fight and one kickboxing fight and mm. myself with uh, six or seven fights. And Eric Strasser, he kind of just, he's the core to all of this. He puts us all together. Uh, he put us all on sure. the back, and uh, he's just making this team as great as he possibly can. It's, it's more than just a couple of fighters. We're a family, and we don't do anything for each other, and I think that's the most important thing. Well, that is definitely beautiful. We hear that a lot, um, and that's what I think makes, particularly MMA or any type of fighting special, is that, when it's not a family, problems end up coming up. You know, we've seen that at the UFC level because it is a business at some places, obviously. And, and so then there's factions and splits and all that. But it's great that you have a family group of people around you that you're also be there to support um, them as they are uh, for you, which is wonderful. It also makes that trip uh, with, with people that are like your family, not a five-hour trip, not that big of a deal. So um, when you were kickboxing, what led you to want to go from kickboxing to uh, to MMA since you just made your debut under a year ago? Um, I looked, I wanted, I was looking for MMA to begin with, but kickboxing just kind of arose. And I was at a UFC event at uh, Madison Square Garden, and Gary messaged me with a fight uh, versus someone from Rami, and we're familiar with them. Uh, my former, where we were formerly, uh, they have a good relationship with Rami. And uh, we decided to take the fight, and uh, I went there and won and moved on to the next kickboxing fight, and then eventually I made my MMA debut uh, three months after that. Okay, well, great. Well, you definitely you definitely got things 
done quickly, which is nice. I know you're still young. Um, so what's it like? What's it like to be very much in the learning sort of finding uh, you're still early in your career. So what's it like to be this early in your career? It's exciting. Uh, most of the people that I'm going to be competing against are going to have an age advantage. It's actually nice to see uh, Cam. He's around my age, so that'll be fun. Yep. Uh, he's an up-and-comer also, so I'm looking to put a stop to his hype. And uh, It's just nice. Every day you get better, and I think anybody that wants to fight me should fight me now because every day I'm just going to keep getting better. Well, and, and that's a great attitude to have. And obviously, I hope you have that attitude. Um, if you're a pro down the road, we've had pro champions on here before, and, and they even need to have that attitude. Obviously, we've seen what happened when, when the top world fighters, whether they be boxers um, or MMA fighters or any type of fighters at the top, um, you got to keep that hunger to learn. But obviously, you're still starting off. Now, what's cool about both you and Cam, your opponent, for March 14th is that you both as fighters represent what some would consider the third wave of MMA fighters, fighters that had started training MMA at a younger age than let's say a Randy Couture, who was a boxer wrestler who didn't make his pro debut until his thirties. And even, even some of the, like the founders in UFC that really came from one discipline. And you had said that you started with some jujitsu around 10. And, and so what's it like to have, and I know Cam has been training since his teenage years as well. Um, What's it like having um, a, a, maybe a b bigger background in some of the aspects of MMA than, let's say, somebody who's, like you said, has an age advantage, let's say, 10 years older than you, but hasn't had the, uh, the depth of experience? Have you noticed anything when you're in the cage with anybody um, that kind of stands out to you? Uh, my last opponent was a, supposed to be a pretty good jiu-jitsu guy, and uh, he couldn't get the fight to the ground. I ended up taking him down in the first round, and... Uh, knocking him out in the second and he was he was i think 22 or 23 um i think cam has the he has a wrestling background and i'm sure he's well-rounded everywhere i'm known as more of a striker i think everyone's going to want to come in here and try to take me down and test my ground game and i'm sure that's what cam's going to do on march 14th but my ground game goes unnoticed eric strauss is a purple belt from uh 10th line of bethlehem uh he's one of the best people i've ever rolled with in my life and regardless of what's going to happen on the ground I think he's going to have me more than ready. So in every aspect, I'm confident. Stand up on the ground, jiu-jitsu, uh, wrestling, takedown defense, anywhere. I think I'm better than anybody I'm going to fight. And speaking of your confidence, what's it like having your last fight have a situation where um, you knew he wanted to take you down, and not only did he not take you down, but you took him down. What's that like? I know the knockout, and we'll talk about that in a second because it was a great knockout. I got to watch it on YouTube. But what's it, what's it like having that confidence, knowing that even though you don't have, a, say, the wrestling pedigree that maybe Cam or other fighters do, that in the cage where it counts, you stopped the guy and took him down. What does that give for you? Uh, it's, I think it just lets people know that I'm not just a stand-up fighter. I got all this hype from uh, two impressive kickboxing fights, and uh, I think people just said he's just a stand-up fighter with no ground game. So being able to go out there and uh, my last opponent was tapping out purple belts in jiu-jitsu competitions, and uh, he he caught me actually pretty clean, which I was upset about because I went in there expecting not to get touched at all by him, and I just got a little lackadaisical, and he caught me with the right hand. Uh, and I just shot for a takedown just to see what it was like. I knew there was a minute left in the round. Uh, I stayed in his guard for a minute and beat up his body, and there was no threat of any submissions. He couldn't get anything up. Uh, so I'm confident in that. I'm not really that worried about that. 
Absolutely. Well, and something you pointed out that I think is going to be good for your entire career, not just your March 14th fight, is even if somebody, this is MMA, right? You mentioned it. You're well-rounded. And other opponents, even if they're known for jiu-jitsu, and obviously it's a testament to how good you are that you kept a, a, a purple belt off you from submitting you from his guard, all those things. But it's also something to learn in the process of being a fighter that even a guy um, that you fight that isn't known for his striking can still can still strike, right? And that's something that obviously you'll take from that fight. Now let's talk about the knockout. It's a highlight reel knockout. He went down, kind of a clean KO, fell away from you. What, what set that knockout up? And, and what was it like to get something that clean in, as a knockout? Um, I knew as soon as the round started. He came out uh, very aggressive, surprisingly, for it being his debut. He came out very aggressive. But every punch that he threw, he was leaving his chin in the air. And uh, I was pawing out his hands, trying to get reactions out of him, trying to faint. And uh, he just decided to throw a right hand, and I faded back, and I landed a left hand uh, underneath his punch. And that that was pretty clean. I put him almost out cold. And uh, I got all excited. I followed up, and I... In amateur MMA, you following up is kind of a bad idea. I followed up, and I hit him to the body a couple times. I looked over at my corner, and Eric was screaming to let him up, let him up. And uh, I let him up, and 30 seconds went by. I landed another combination, and uh, I put him away, and the referee stopped it. Oh, so that's interesting how it's not just that knockout that is kind of on your highlight reel, which is a beautiful knockout, that it's also what happened about 30 seconds before it, which that's the second time you've mentioned body. That's the second time you've mentioned accumulation of damage. What's it like for you as a fighter knowing that that's part of your game plan is to accumulate damage on your opponent? So it's not just, oh, I got to finish him in the first round, but that you sort of build up what's going to pay dividends later. I've had three fights that went to decision, and uh, I haven't lost the third round in my career so far. I know my cardio is better than about anybody that I've been to fight. Uh, so if I'm sitting here and I'm not putting 100% shots, 100% power into my shots in the first and second round, I know they're not going to be there in the third. Luckily, this ended in the second. I didn't have to get to show off my cardio or anything, but uh, <laughs> I'm in my cardio. So I know that I don't have to throw everything into um, – every shot and people that are thrown in throwing everything they're going to miss i'm not where they think i'm going to be and when they miss and they leave their chin exposed i'm going to land i'm very accurate with my punches i don't just throw and pray um i i'm very precise on where things are going to land and most of the times when they land it, it hurts the opponent well that's something that you brought up that's good for listeners particularly people that don't have fight experience to hear is that and, and people don't always know this or understand this until you bar or fight or train or whatever is that a punch that you miss, uh, particularly if you've loaded up, let's say like you were saying, you avoid throwing everything behind every, but a lot of people get excited and they throw, they think, Oh, if I'm punching something that's tiring, but it's actually the punch that you miss over and over again, that actually tires you out more. So it's really good mindset that you have as far as uh, discipline, you know, uh, a lot of fighters, uh, they don't fight with discipline or strategy, which you clearly do. Speaking of strategy, you mentioned something. And you mentioned that your trainer was telling you to get back up because in amateur, the rules aren't easy. That in amateur, it's not a good idea to go to the ground when you've knocked somebody down. Explain that to us. Uh, when you knock someone down, there's only, there's only a lot of body shots. And uh, I don't know that that just gives them time to recover. When he landed... Um, his eyes were in the back of his head, and I followed up with uh, body shots. And 
I hit him a couple times in the body, and he relocated where I was. He wasn't even looking at me when I first started hitting him. Right. And as the fight ended, Bill Bookwalter said to me at the end, he's like, you should have just let him up. He, he wouldn't have been able to stand. I, that was the first time I ever hit anybody that hard and dropped him, and uh, I just was looking forward to finishing the fight, and I got a little excited. But as soon as he got up, I knew that his legs still weren't there, and I was able to put the fight to an end uh, 30 seconds later. Absolutely. Well, and, and I've definitely seen that. I've seen that at the amateur level in Pennsylvania, which will explain there's three levels of fighting in Pennsylvania. Um, at the amateur level, not only is it not a good idea to jump on somebody if they're kind of almost out, because like you said, you could kind of wake them back up, or in that case, he was able to figure out where you were because you were punching him. But also, sometimes people off their back, in, in your case, it didn't matter, but sometimes people off their back throw up some type of submission that otherwise wouldn't have happened. Um, but in Pennsylvania, which you know, um, there are three levels. There's pro-level MMA, which is exactly what anybody would see at the UFC level, really any pro-MMA level where everything's legal as far as strikes and ground and pound and all that stuff. But then there's... Uh, advanced amateur which is a hybrid because pure amateur which what you're fighting right now there's no elbows there's no knees to the face there's some knees to the body and there's nothing on the ground that's above the clavicle um do you know of advanced amateur rules in pennsylvania do you know what they are yeah i'm aware of them okay good and and usually in pennsylvania it starts when you get about three fights or more and so how much how much of you are looking forward to because you've been saying that you have confidence that you're going to beat cam all got on march 14th how much are you looking forward to being able to fight what they call advanced amateur rules in pennsylvania going forward i'm looking forward to it a lot um i'm a heavy kicker and uh i'm looking forward to being able to land head kicks in mma with no shin guards and uh that's really exciting. In kickboxing, I've landed a couple of head kicks that landed cleanly, but with the, the shin guards, the head gear, it's a little different than if you're just connecting shin to skull. So I'm looking forward to that. And uh, just ground and pound. I think in my last fight, if it was advanced amateur, it would have been over in the first round when I had him. When he had me in his guard, I could have really unloaded on top of him. And I'm just looking forward to the rule change. I think it's going to be fun. I think it's going to be more competitive. Uh, as I keep going, I think every competition is going to be they're going to be better. I'm not, it's not a cakewalk anymore. I don't think anybody I'm going to get is going to be easy. So I'm just looking forward to better competition and I'm just going to look forward to beating better people. And then that just makes me look even better. Absolutely. And something that's cool about the step up in both competition and rules in MMA is that while you, while you progress and fight better guys, you also have more techniques that are legal. It, it kind of makes sense. I know some people throw shade at Pennsylvania because there's other states like Virginia just below us where there are no amateur rules and they're the same as pro. But I think that can be a bit overwhelming, particularly to some of the moves. Um, but I think it's cool that you're already having success. You're already winning. And as you progress and fight better guys, you then get more skills and techniques that are going to benefit you, such as head kicks, which is also currently illegal, um, as well as ground and pound, which makes just and an incredible difference. Although typically an advanced amateur ground and pound is closed fist strike only typically on the ground and not elbows. So it's still a little limited, but you'll still get punching on the ground, which will make a big difference um, for what you're saying, which is, which is just exciting. I think it's one of the things why I always encourage people. And this is a, a plug for two for seven fighting championships and really any uh, promotion, regional promotion is that watching amateur fighters develop, um, is really the way to become a great fan of both MMA and a particular fighter. And sometimes we sit back and we'll only watch the big, sort of the big promotions, and we get used to only seeing people that are already at the pro level. But it is exciting to be able to watch people that are 
amateurs and learning and see them learn different skills and see them grow because you see a lot more growth in the amateurs than you would at the pro level, which is uh, pretty exciting. Um, and so that's, you know, that's one thing I'm always trying to encourage people. Um, so in addition to what you were saying about March 14th and, and your plans as far as your fight goes, um, what else is going on in your life? What do you do for a job? How are you balancing training for something that's getting obviously more competitive, harder every time you go versus um, having to work? Um, I'm currently in the process of rolling into Bloom University um, for management, and I'm looking to uh, stay in this business. And uh, assuming that fighting doesn't go well, I'd like to manage fighters and uh, just stay in the business and see what I can do along those lines. But fighting is my number one focus. And uh, March 14th, I think I'm just going to show that I work harder than um, than Cam, and I think I'm going to be able to go out there, and I think I'm going to finish the fight. I assume that he's going to come out and start shooting early. From what I've seen in his previous fights, uh, he's a very, very good wrestler. And uh, I have pretty good takedown defense, and I think I'm going to be able to maybe lock up a choke if he shoots or maybe land a nice uppercut to put him to sleep. But I see this fight being finished, and I'm just going to keep finishing fights and get my name out there and keep moving up. Well, we definitely want to be a part of your journey. Not only have I done an interview with you years ago when you were first starting kickboxing. Uh, so I feel like I already got to know you a little bit when you were younger and just starting out. But uh, here at MMA Fancast, we definitely want to be a part of your journey, have you on after the fight to talk about how the fight went, as well as also cover uh, future future fights as you gain in skill, wins, and also popularity. You've mentioned that a couple of times that you're, you're, you're hoping that people kind of get to know who you are and, and both out here and in your other fights. Uh, what's that like? Like to you knowing that the more fights you have and the better you perform, the more people are going to see you, the more eyeballs you're going to draw. I think I perform better under pressure. I'd rather fight in front of a hundred thousand people than a hundred. Uh, the more people there, I think, I think it makes me feel more comfortable. Uh, I'm already pretty well known with the hype around and doing the interviews and Bob Loney and USKA and uh, Art of War, Mike Bickings, they've all done great getting my name out there and uh, giving me notoriety in interviews and uh, just keeping my name out there, and uh, I appreciate them a lot for doing that. And, of course, I go out there and I put on a show, and uh, I think people just want to see me fight. Well, that's actually a, a great attitude to have. You do want to put on a show. You want to be entertaining, um, and, and that's a big part of why you're being brought out to do undefeated versus undefeated. And you've been shouting out Art of War. I know Mike Pickens, and I'm a good friend with Gary from USKA, and you were mentioning some of that. So we also want to throw some love uh, to Ryan, who's the owner of 247 Fighting Championships, for not only not only giving you an option, but really looking to put on quality fights. Um, you've mentioned that Cam is the hometown guy, which he is. And, you know, it would have been a little easier for a promoter to find a guy with maybe a worse record. Um, that's probably not going to be as competitive to Cam. And, and I appreciate Ryan for um, not only giving you the opportunity, but really looking to put on great fights. What's it, what's it like to you to get contacted by two, four, seven fight chips? Did you know of two, four, Two four seven fighting championships as they're a new promotion, and, and how was it like to get contacted by by a promotion that you hadn't fought for before, and by a promotion that you might not have heard of? I've I've heard of twenty four seven fighting. Um, actually, when Kama Worthy made his UFC debut, I told people to put money on him, and he ended up. Winning. <laughs> so uh, I've heard of them before. I think I think they contacted me for the first fight to fight someone on like five days' notice. 
and uh, I wasn't obviously able to make the Pittsburgh trip on five days. But uh, now they, I've had eight, ten weeks to prepare for this. The fight's at 140. Uh, my weight's good. Everything's good. So this trip's going to be easy. And I respect uh, Ryan for being able to put on a card where it's the hometown kid and they're not just trying to give him some tomato can. I've had promoters that wanted to market me, and they've offered me people that don't belong in there, and I'm not going to take that. I wanted to do a boxing fight. And there's promoters that said, hey, we'll just give you some can because we want you to win. Like, that's not that's not what I'm in this for. Uh, if I'm not good enough to beat the best people, then I don't want to fight at all. And this might sound like a dumb question, but why have – I like that. But why have that attitude? Because it's got to be tempting when promoters want to set you up with an obvious win opportunity. Why turn down a tomato can? Why have that mindset that you don't want to fight if you're not fighting the best? Because if you build up a record against tomato cans and you get the 5-0 and and then they say, well, we can't do this anymore, you have to fight another 5-0 and who didn't fight scrubs, and you go out there and get yeah. lost, then everything you have, everything you built, that's no longer there because you go out there and you look very unimpressive against someone that's 5-0 and and you clearly didn't belong in there because you haven't fought anybody. I want the toughest yeah. matchups, and uh, I think Cam's a very tough matchup. I think... Uh, I'm a stronger striker than wrestling, and I think people know that. But to just completely disregard my ground game, I think is a little silly. And who's to say I can't go out there and land a takedown on Cam or submit him, or maybe sure. he maybe he won't be able to get me down and he'll be forced to stand with me. Um, but I think I'm well-rounded everywhere, and I just want the toughest matchups. And I know he's ranked 11th or 12th, and I think that's a tough matchup. And uh, he's a hometown guy; that's a lot of pressure. Uh, people are going to be there to see him win. I'm going to be in hostile territory. And I'm just looking to go there and disappoint everyone that came there to see him. It's, it's going to be all respect after the fight uh, to him, his fans, his family, everybody. But I'm going to go in there and look forward to upset all of them. Well, and, and one of the things that I respect about you, you know, being young and, and learning is that attitude. You know, not only the respect attitude for your opponent, which is always important, like you said, post-fight, um, to show respect um, either way, you know, him to you, you to him. But, um, but also what you were saying, which I've seen, and I'm sure you've seen, at the regional level, local level, can happen at amateur, it can definitely happen at a low-level pro, where you see somebody who has a – good record of 4-0 or something like that, and you see them fighting, you're like, there's no way they're that good. Their, their technique's terrible. It turns out that they were getting fed opponents. So I think it's good for the sport, respectful for the sport, to put you up against good opponents, to make you better, and to actually show what that opponent has and what you have, which is a great, it's a great mindset to have overall. You also mentioned, which i got to get back to, we've had Kama, the Death Star Worthy, on the show a couple times, obviously a big fan. I've interviewed him in cage as well as also on the show. And so what, what made you think he was going to win? For people that don't know, Kama, the Death Star Worthy, got the upset of the year in the UFC by taking a fight on three days' notice and being, uh, I think he was a negative 600 um, to a, like a positive four or 500. It was a huge point spread in the betting lines. Um, so what did you know about him and what made you think he was going to win? And I'm excited that you already knew of 247 fighting championships. That shows how good Ryan's been to get the publicity out there. And I'm sure this fight's going to also help you with your name recognition. So I just want to hear more about Death Star because I love him and I'm glad you already knew who he was. Um, I knew, I knew of him from just, him being close and being a relatively active pro fighter with over 20 fights, just as you know about any yeah. local pro guy. And 
the fact that he had a lot more experience, and I think anybody willing to take a fight on three days' notice deserves that kind of respect. And uh, I congratulate him for even taking the fight, win or lose. Uh, it was a win-win situation for him. He could have went out there and lost, and I think that Dana White would have said, you took this fight on three days' notice, you're guaranteed another fight. And that's the same kind of mentality I have. I'm not going to turn down a fight because, like, uh, obviously the one in Pittsburgh, that was a hike, and uh, my trainers still work and stuff. And at that level, everything's paid for. Uh, at this level, i got to work around my trainers. Sure. Their, their real life and their, their training schedule. Um, and just taking the fight on three days' notice, I've heard of him. I've watched some of his fights. And I knew he had power. Um I just thought that it was a good matchup, and he went out there and he put him away pretty early, and they ended up there. They were friends prior to that. I believe they trained together before. Uh, so no one's going to take a fight on three days' notice, not knowing that they they have a chance to win. Um, so I just I told people to put money on them, and whoever listened was probably very thankful for it. Yeah, no kidding. He uh, he ended up joking afterwards that some of his friends from the Pittsburgh area uh, made a lot of money because they put money on him and made money. Speaking of friends, speaking of people that, that believe in you and trust in you, um, who are your main supporters? Uh, let's get to some thank yous and, and to some people, whether sponsors or coaches, trainers, family, people that you're grateful for that are a part of this ride before you become a household name, before people that are strangers that don't know you are putting money on you. Let's, let's get to some of those. First, my team. Uh, without them, it wouldn't be possible, obviously. My coaches, they they put a lot of time out there, and uh, I'm probably kind of a hassle because I'm asking them to fight every week. Uh, I, I'm asking them if I could take this fight, can I take this fight, can I take this fight? They say, we'll look into it. I said, you don't have to look into it. I'm just like, I, I want to take it. And uh, <laughs> I asked them to accept this fight five or six times every day. Uh, I knew that it was a good matchup. I've heard of Sam before, and... Uh, I want to thank my team, my family, my friends. It's obviously going to be a, a small group that makes their way out here. It's about a five-hour drive. I understand that completely. So just close family and a couple friends um, and obviously the team. But uh, I'm looking to – I'm known around here with the USKA and Art of War and uh, formerly PAKH fight. I believe they stopped doing promoting. But uh, I'm looking to make my name out there, and I, I hope to be on another card. Uh, and I think I'm going to go out there March 14th and win, and I don't want to – discourage Cam from fighting anymore. I think he's going to be a household name down there. And uh, I just hope the best for him after this fight. I'm going in there. I'm going in there. I'm going in there to put him away. So uh, I hope that after that, he can just bounce back and we can manage to fight on the same card together again and keep growing together in the future. Well, thank you so much for coming on the show. I cannot wait to see you. And I hope people listening to this um, either either follow you or come out if they're close enough to come out to uh, Cannonsburg, the Princecape Arena, March 14th to see Cam Algar versus our guest today on MMA FanCast, Dylan Harnish. Best wishes to you and your team and your teammate who's going to be fighting at the first heavyweight fight on 247 Fighting Championships as well. Can't wait to see you again. Can't wait to see you put on a show. And thanks so much for coming on, on tonight. Uh, thank you for having me. I look forward to talking to you after the fight. Um, and then being back on the show as well. Well, we would love to have you back. Uh, I'll be back for sure.